The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. hear and every heart receptive receive all that you have today we pray in Jesus name and everyone said amen what I'm about to share with you will be in two parts the second part will be tonight right here so all those that can be with me tonight you get part two here because I'll get a little bit more into into detail. I want us to go to the book of Acts, and I actually was here a few weeks before we left, and I felt to really focus on this this morning on Tampa, this region, Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, Central Florida, really. And I've called it the shaking of the region, shaking this region, because I feel we've got a 36-month window to see God do some supernatural things. Go, go read with me in Acts 19 and verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since he believed? And they said, we've not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said, unto what were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is in Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve, which when you read that, you often think to yourself, well, surely Paul should have had more than twelve. You know, this is the great Apostle Paul that saw Jesus appear to him on the road to Damascus, and he only had 12. But it really should be encouraging to every single person that you realize all you really need is about 12 people that are full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And you can shake a whole region. Well, we, I'm so happy we have much more than 12. Yeah. Are you with me? And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing, persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God, which, if you know this, the church has been going for 26 years. There have been many, many Sundays where we've been, we've been doing just this. We were uh, disputing, persuading, speaking boldly the things concerning the kingdom of God. And we've had people come and they leave, you know, because they don't like it when you talk straight to them. And so they go find a church down the, the way. They can have their ears tickled and hear what they want to hear. And we're not preaching stuff to make people feel uncomfortable. We're just preaching what the Word of God says. And we're placing a challenge on each and every person because as pastor, God's going to hold me responsible if you get to heaven and you don't have fruit to show for your life here on the earth because I didn't preach the full counsel of God. 
And I determined that years ago. No one's going to get to heaven and blame me and say, well, it's because of Pastor Rodney. He was a chicken, and he didn't want to preach the truth of the Word of God, and so he just watered it down. And that's why I, I never really amounted to anything in the kingdom of heaven. Every river member is going to be productive in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Now, the Bible says, but when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil, the way which we've had people do that, of course, we don't pay much attention to that. People just leave and go off into the sunset, and they speak evil the way before the multitude. He departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. Well, we don't have to go to the school of Tyrannus. Thank God for River University, and thank God for the, for the team that God has raised up here. This continued by a space of two years so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And then God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. Now, think about this. We're talking about a span of two years. Look what God has done in the past thousand days. But project ahead with me. Let's look ahead three years. Three years from this moment. On this Sunday, the 19th of March, 2023. What is God going to do in the next 12 months? Into 24 and then into 25 and then into 26. Apart from all the construction and the building that's taking place. Look what God's done in five and a half months here with the sanctuary. Amazing when you think about that, but that's just making room for the people. This is all to do with, with people. If, if people are not involved, it's really a waste, isn't it? Are you with me? And you can travel the world over and you'll see buildings that were once built for people, but now they're empty and nobody is coming anymore. So, we, we don't lose sight of the fact that it's not about a building or property or just doing stuff. This is about making room for people so that we can accommodate what the Lord is about to do. So Paul used 12 men full of the Holy Ghost. Now, how many here in this room today would say, Pastor, I believe I'm full of the Holy Ghost? Wave your hand at me. <laughs> okay. So a sign which you saw me smile because I'm so happy. It's a whole bunch more than, than 12 here. Are you with me? A sign that you're full of the Holy Ghost is what's going to come forth from your life, not just at the moments where there's a height in the things of God. You know, you can look at highlights in the things of heaven and say, oh, you know, God did it there, and it was just one of the great moments in our life. But God will produce from a Holy Ghost person even what is in the low moments of your life, even in the worst circumstance or the worst situation where you dig deep and you place a demand upon the Spirit of God. I mean, I'm here to testify to tell you there have been times where I didn't even feel like anything. I didn't feel like <laughs> if God was going to do something, he surely wasn't going to do it at that moment. I felt the worst ever. And I mean, when you start traveling like we have, we just had to deal with jet lag. I'm still trying to decide what time of the day it is right now. Jet lag really hit me on this trip. Not so much going there because I was busy, busy, but when I landed back here, 
Wednesday night, I'm, I'm even shocked that I was even able to minister. I don't know what it does to you, but it just kind of messes you up pretty badly. It's like you're overtired, but you don't know how to rectify it. And people say, well, go lie down. Well, you lie down, but you keep popping up. And I don't take sleeping tablets or stuff like that. I just, I never have been a person for that. I don't take Ambien and I don't take, um, I have friends, I have friends that take NyQuil. They'll drink a whole thing of NyQuil. I think they learned it from some crazy evangelist from up north. No, the Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. Are you with me? Some say, well, what if you can't sleep? Then just get up and study and pray. Amen? And study and pray till you fall asleep again. But think ahead. Think ahead 36 months. What is God about to do? I can tell you in the world what, it, what the devil has planned, but I'm here to tell you what God has planned for you, for your family, for your children, for your ministries, for your businesses, for what God has, for your marriage, for your home, for every area of your life. We, we, we're not going to govern what God is doing based on what the devil's doing. How many of you heard me tell the story? I remember flying into Los Angeles, California to go preach for a pastor. This is back 1988, 1988. And the pastor picked me up and he had blood on the side of his head. <laughs> and and uh, he took me out of the car, the whole side of the car had been swiped. And he looked at me and said, we're going to have a great revival. He said, because the devil tried to kill me on the way here. So I looked at him and said, boy, if you'd have died, we could have had another Azusa Street. I said, I'm not impressed, Pastor. I really am not impressed. you telling me this car wreck and the blood on the side of your head is a sign that God's going to move. I'm not going to. You are, the devil is not my thermometer on what God's doing. Amen. I'll tell you, God's really going to move. The devil really attacked me. What's that got to do with it? Didn't you basing everything that God does based on what the devil's doing? Even though the enemy might try to attack you or try to set you back, God will cause you to spring forth Amen. by his hand and you'll see his hand, you'll see his glory. So because he had 12 people full of the Holy Ghost and he did that for two years, the whole of Asia, the Bible says, heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks, and then God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. But I want to say this right now. God wrought special miracles by the hands of the river people. Amen. So that from their bodies, handkerchiefs and aprons were carried and diseases departed from people and devils came out. We don't have to separate ourselves. The separation already took place. 26 years ago when we saw the River Church, the separation took place. 
We don't have to separate from this. Somebody said there's a bunch of people causing trouble. There's nobody yet causing trouble. And if there are one or two, they don't last long. Hello. I heard the story of, you know, of course, I, I got close to Brother John Osteen, who started Lakewood Church. Of course, his son pastors there now. But he built this great, one of the great churches in America. Before he went home to be the Lord, they were running almost 20,000 people. I think it's doubled now in size. But he, he said to me, he said, when you build the church, he said, don't build it overnight. He just take your time with it. And he said, build it strong. And he said, run off every devil. And I don't mean devil. In other words, he was saying there were some people that would come to cause trouble. I heard this preacher telling the story of uh, he went to go see Brother, Brother John Osteen and he was back in his back office. This is years ago, back probably in the late, early, early 80s. And he was sitting there in the back room and one of the, mem- one of the staff members came and said to Brother John Osteen, that couple that you really want to see, they want to see you. Um, they're coming up the pathway. So Brother John jumped up from where he was, and he said to this pastor, come with me. He said, no, no, you go take care of it. He said, no, come, come with me now. So this was a couple that obviously had a problem with the church, and they wanted to sit with Brother John Osteen and run through all the reasons why they're leaving the church, which at that juncture, it doesn't really matter. You should just leave. Why, why fight on the way out the door? Are you with me? Like, like your two cents is going to make a big difference. Well, I'm leaving. I'm going to go tell them why I'm leaving. I just can't stand the church. My God, what, whatever. And so then you're going to go vomit onto the, you know, the pastor or the associate pastors. If you can't get to the pastor, you're going to vomit on your way out the door. And so this uh, evangelist, he said, he said, no, he said, you go do it. He said, no, come with me. So Brother John Osteen walks out and this couple's walking from the parking lot towards him. And he walks straight to me, he he grabs him, he hugs him. He said, Dodie and I love you so much, but it's time for you to leave the church now. It's time for you to go. So I just tell you, we love you, we love you all the way into heaven. Just turn and just leave now. Go, go, leave. This is a Sunday morning. And he's standing going, what, what book of reference is this in? This is, not how, this is how you pastor. And Brother John said, go now, go. Don't, don't say one word. We just love you so much. You go, go, go on, little lambs. Go on. It's time for you to leave. Leave now. Bye-bye. We love you. Bye-bye. And he turned around and walked back in. And this evangelist was just standing there thinking, I'm never seeing anything like this. Because sometimes people always want to fight. They want to cause trouble or fight. Well, this happened or whatever. Listen, if you, if you track them and you follow where they go, they, the last church they went to, they had the same problem. And the next church they go to, they're going to have the same problem. Because the problem is not actually the church that they go to. The problem is them. Are you with me? That's what caused the division back in Acts 19. So Paul, obviously, they were not on a, uh, their own place. That's why he separated, took the 12, said, come here. We're going to go, and we set ourselves apart. And then he preached for two years, five hours, 10 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and that's when the breakthrough came. So this is a pattern for the book of Acts, for the church. 
If we do that, which we are doing, and we see God begin to accelerate what he is doing, and we see the, the, the city of Tampa begin to be touched by the power of God. When I got to the church at Akragana, all the people are below the age of 35, and everyone's been saved on the streets. So, so there's people in the church, they don't know anything. They're not religious people. They don't know anything. All they know is I was a prostitute, and now I'm saved. I was a drug dealer, and now I'm saved. I was a bank robber, and now I'm saved. So there are thousands of people in Tampa, they don't know Jesus, but as you go to them, their whole life's going to be changed. Listen, why would we sit and fill this church with a bunch of cranky religious people? Why did it get so quiet? I mean, we're not looking to fill the church with religious Karens. <laughs> Have you seen people fighting in, in, in stores because the person didn't put their mask on? Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. They're still doing it. Yeah. It's 2023 and they're still, they're still religious Karens. Well, I don't think they're religious, but they're still running around arguing about mosques. He's not wearing a mask. Lady, you don't need a mask. You need a bag over your head. Lord <laughs> have mercy. No, if we fill this house with people full of the Holy Ghost, that all they love Jesus with every fiber of their being, and all they do Monday through Sunday is do what God's called them to do, follow heaven's assignment for their life, and busy working hard, God multiplying them, blessing the work of their hands, and then everywhere they go, they being used by God to influence other people, to bring them into the kingdom of heaven. Don't you think that there's a couple of hundreds of thousands of people right now in the city of Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, this whole central Florida region that are desperate, looking for God, hungry for the things of God, but just don't know it yet. So that's what God's going to use you in the next three years to bring in that great harvest of souls. Come on, say amen, somebody. So the foundation's been laid. We don't have to lay a foundation. The foundation's been laid. So already what's about to happen, and I'll unveil more to you here, and probably not, maybe not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. Well, maybe next Monday. Of what's about to happen here in the month of April. Which is very big for the city and what's going to happen here at the river. All this stuff's been coming together, and we're going to see it by the hand of God. So let's do this. I want uh, Pastor Julian to come up here if you would grab a microphone, and uh, I want them back in, the, in, in television to put up a map of the area, and I'm going to show you what we're doing 
the whole area when you go back into outreach here is going to be redesigned. Basically, I'm going to put computer screens up everywhere and you're going to be able to go back and see exactly where and what we're doing in the city and what's taking place. So if you put that map up and then we can start talking about it and then I'll, yeah. So this is a map of the area. You'll see things that are already listed there and I'm going to just talk about this and then you can um, I'm trying to see where I wrote this down. I know I've got it somewhere. I have too many texts that have gone out. Oh, by the way, the River Church just opened up in Limerick in Ireland. A River Church. Yeah. 58 people were led to the Lord on the streets. All right. So the first thing, let's pull that map up. The first thing you see, let's talk about number one, the bus routes. So let's do that. Yeah, so this is all our bus routes here. We have uh, that box that you see there is the Hillsborough County area. And um, we have 12 bus routes running throughout the city, also one in St. Petersburg and one in Lakeland. And uh, we, we run through literally so many different areas, Riverview, Waimama, and then all through Tampa. What about Waimapa? <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we zoom in just so people can get an idea? Let's zoom in on, on the bus route. Let's, which one do you want to pick? Yeah, the red one, that's yeah, fine. Uh, the red one, yeah. pull up the red one. Yeah, so that's, okay, that's where it is. Yeah, there we go. Zoom in. Yeah, you can go even more. Go in more, guy. Zoom in. So this is Route 1. It's one of our bus routes. This is running right through the middle of the inner city. So there's many bus stops along the way. And this is like the prime target for obviously reaching this neighborhood is, is along that bus route. There's a lot of different Section 8 housing project, project housing. Or can we zoom in on one of the bus stops just so people can see there's a time attached to that on the route? I don't think we've got it yet. Folks, all this is going yeah. to be next level. This is like yeah. the first time so I sprung it on them. Okay. So. so this is uh, Osborne and Webster. It shows that the bus route comes by there at 7.30. So all of that, even when we're out on the street, we're winning souls. And Where do you see the 7.30? It's really small, right there by East Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right. <laughs> it's not supposed to be that small. Somebody give me a binocular. <laughs> In a microscope. So then we have it mapped out that these are the areas, the prime areas that we're hitting, uh, knocking doors, winning souls, growing the bus routes. Um, these are people literally from all walks of life, but within our inner city. You can zoom out a little bit. Let's zoom out. Pick another route. What's this other line, the, that, that dark line? What route is that? That's route two. That goes up. <laughs> That goes, uh, a lot of that's Salvation Army, downtown Tampa area, uh, Grant Park. How many stops are on that route? Uh, there's several. Um, I'll 
probably say 15 to 20 easily. Okay. And let me just salute all of you that have been involved in Ministry of Helps. Apparently, the Sunday we had Helps, we had 150 of River Church people sign up to be a part of Helps. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Onto what we already have. That's huge. Yeah, so we run all through downtown Tampa here, um, inner city bus stops. And there's apartments and Section 8 housing throughout all of this region here. This is one of the prime areas, even on Route 2 here, where the Marion bus stop is. So there's a lot of people that don't have transportation that would like to come to church. And uh, we always tell people when it comes to the bus ministry, it's that when you're ministering to these people, you're ministering to the least of these. And Jesus said, if you've done it unto them, you've done it unto me. And he said to go into the highways and the hedges and, and compel the lost to come in that my house may be filled. So that's okay. the... Yeah. Now, let's look at the second thing. We've got inner city meetings that we've listed on there. So can you pull that back and let's click on the inner city meetings and it should populate on there. So explain this. So these are the different areas that we've hit in community outreaches that we've gone into neighborhoods and done giveaways. We give out stuff that helps people close household items, and different giveaways of food. And we go into their neighborhood right where they're at and compel them to come. And basically, we're taking a small service and bringing it to them, and the power of God is demonstrated on the street. All right. So let's zoom in here. Let's pick an area. Just zoom in. So are you telling me how do you know which area is, is it shaded, the, the, where the outreach is taking place? Yeah, these are the yellow dots that are all throughout the map here. Oh, so, so each yellow dot is an area? Yeah. Okay. And the primary focus on those are all within our bus routes. So we're targeting our bus routes and hitting them systematically, um, different routes that maybe need to be increased. We can send people in, and, and several people get involved in this. This is also when we do our intern crusades. Also, there are several staff members that, hey, I want to go do a community outreach, and they get involved. And then we have El Rio that's also smacking Why Mama or Why Papa. And so... <laughs> so what's that one now? What is that one? That's a silver dollar crusade that we did. A silver dollar crusade? Yeah. <laughs> that's what we call it. So What's a silver dollar crusade? So that's a convenience store that said, hey, you can use my parking lot. Wow. And so we've actually... And I think they're Muslim, so we've actually been able to minister to them. Hey, yeah, yeah, go ahead and have it. Go ahead and take it, use it. And so what we do is we take flyers, hand-built flyers, and we pass them out throughout that neighborhood and invite the neighborhood to come. They come to that local area. Then they hear testimonies, short, powerful, quick testimonies of people that were in the world dealing with drugs, alcohol, you name it. Now God stepped in for them, and if he did it for them, then he can do it for you. Then we do a gospel presentation, give them the opportunity to get saved. There's an altar call right there on the street. Then the power of God demonstrated, people get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Fire of God hits people. We actually had a lady in one of these areas, power of God came on her and she didn't know what was happening. She was touching her body and she said, I feel, I feel heat, I feel fire. What's happening? Jesus is touching me. I'm Muslim, Jesus is touching me. So every place is a yellow dot is where there's an outreach that's been held. Yep. Yeah. And there's hundreds and hundreds Look of Look at that, folks. I see we've got them even over in Lakeland. Yeah. 
So that helps our bus routes over there in Lakeland and even down in St. Pete as well. Yeah, we have hundreds of people that come to these. Sometimes even the one like, like, like the one we did in St. Petersburg. We flyered like we do and 600 people came. Right there at the, just a corner, a corner spot, you see there's like a line of graffiti on the back wall so you know you're in the right place, right? And people that are unchurched primarily are coming to these, people that don't really know anything and power God's hitting people, people are getting delivered. Matter of fact, so many people came to that one, we ended up doing a second night and did a healing service the next night. 300 people came. And so, now, so if there are people that would like to go to one of these events, do they come and talk to Outreach? Yeah. So you could even email us. That's probably the easiest way. Outreach at Revival.com. Just let us know that you're interested, and we can give you the next one that's coming up. And uh, so we have a calendar of events that we're putting together, and I've been having staff members come to me, hey, I'd like to do an outreach. And so we're putting those together. Primarily, th those are going to happen Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the week. That's awesome. Yes, All right, then the next thing we've got is primary schools and high schools and colleges. Let's pull that up. So explain all this here. Yeah, so these are the locations of many of the primary schools are in the, are in the pinkish red color, and then the green is the high schools, and then the purple is the universities. Now I know for sure, like we're getting into the primary schools even now, Pastor Jordan's working with that, he's getting into the middle schools. All these green high schools that are here are high schools that Pastor Allen and the youth team go into. Pastor Allen, come up here quickly. Let's just talk about this here because a lot of this is going to be what's going to take place in the month of April from starting with middle schools, which let's talk about that. Yeah, so we got approached uh, really just a few weeks ago. Um, there's a gentleman who uh, has been a chaplain to the Orlando Magic and uh, different pro teams and is now in Hillsborough County. He's working with the University of South Florida and working with the county. And uh, where we were, we're going to be starting a program where that every single week we'll be able to bust in hundreds of middle schoolers and young high schoolers right here to the property every week. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Where, yeah. So... You know, I, I, and we'll we'll pick them up. What about three thirty? Yes, sir. We'll pick and them we'll, up from we'll the schools. We'll bring them here, and then keep them until about nine thirty. We'll deliver them back to the high schools, and basically they'll be part of River Youth. Right. Yep. So yeah. myself and Pastor Jordan are working with him currently, and I mean you can see it. You know, Hillsborough County is a huge county uh, for middle schools, elementary schools, high schools, even the college campuses. So I mean, the harvest is absolutely. Right. I mean, it's, and doors are flying open to us right now. So it's, it's a little overwhelming in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? But it's great because you guys as the River Church have gotten behind us so strongly. So it's great. It's going really well. Right now we have a big outreach coming up at USF one week from tomorrow. As a matter of fact, Pastor Julian, myself, and the team, uh, we've rented the amphitheater just outside of the main, what's called the Marshall Center, which is right in the center of the, of the university. Uh, we're giving away a MacBook. We're giving away um, a, a scooter. We're giving away hundreds of boxes of groceries. We've got all kinds of we'll be flyering the next few days. And uh, we did this once before. We had about 700 kids, uh, college kids, show up in the middle uh, of the school day. So we're, and, but we have a 
constant group there now of students that are part of the USF group. It's called Rain. They are members of the church here now. It's an extension, really, of the River Church onto the campus. And so what we're really excited about that is, is we'll push hard on that, and then we'll push them all towards the church and through the conferences and part, being a part of our group, really like an HOJ, still on the campus of USF. And then, of course, now I told you we just got called FSU. They want us to come up to Florida State University, so that just happened. So we're going to have to work that one out probably in the beginning of the new school year. But uh, University of Tampa, that's going to open up to us as well because the same gentleman, his best friend, is uh, the soccer coach over at University of Tampa. So it's just like, it, you know, you meet one person who that opens that door, which opens this door, and then next thing you know, we're literally on every campus in the county. How many understand why we're getting ready now? How many understand? Watch what God's going to do you April, May, and June. Just in the next three months. Then we have the, the next thing is door-to-door soul winning. Yeah. Let's pull that up. So, so this is... Just zoom in right there. Keep it right there. So explain this map now. So this is us um, hitting door-to-door. This is also businesses as well. But door-to-door, has anyone ever told you God loves you? He's got a great plan for your life. So you're telling me every area that's marked in red, every house has been... Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 And it's spread out like that. We're hitting around the church, but we're also hitting on our bus routes as well to increase the bus routes. But what's amazing to see is people are getting touched by the power of God, just getting a knock on the door, not even knowing who they're opening to. And the next thing you know, has anyone ever told you God loves you? He's got a great plan for your life. And now Jesus is coming in the lives of people in their normal everyday life. So it's making a huge impact in the city. We already know that the crime rate has dropped, you know, and then even now, just the testimonies. I can't tell you the amount of times we deal with people that are dealing with thoughts of suicide that were literally going to go in their life, and then they decided not to after meeting a soul winner and the power of God coming in their life. So people's lives are being spared because of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's, that's just the basic map, which is going to be available on in our whole what we call a war room, and we can, there's so much stuff because there's. Let me run through some things that we're going to be looking at, and you can write these down. I've got like ten things here that I want to really focus on here within the framework of a one, two, three mile radius, and then going to regions beyond. So, obviously, you see uh, houses, the door-to-door apartment complexes, which. You can write this down if you want to. And then businesses, because a business owner, to me, is like a fishing boat, like when Jesus met and saw Peter and used his fishing boat. There's going to be a lot of businesses that are struggling at this time that we're in, and God's going to send you into those businesses, and you're going to see a total turnaround. So be sensitive to the Lord. You know, when you go into business, don't just go in there because you have to go in to get something for yourself. Ask the Lord, say, is there a way that I can actually meet the owner of this business and actually be somebody that was be influential in turning their whole life around? That they actually look at you and say, I'll tell you, I, you God sent you here just for us. Which we saw that. We just saw that now on our tour, wherever we were going. We just walked, in, walked into places. I mean, I was praying with people. I said, what do you want from the Lord? I said, first of all, you better serve him. No, we, we'll serve him. I said, okay, then we pray this prayer. 
let them recommit their life to the Lord. Some that had given their life to the Lord in days gone by. And then said, what do you believe in the Lord for? Well, I'm believing the Lord for this. Okay, so let's put our faith out for that. Listen, we are to bring life, light, and love everywhere we go. Their, their whole business is right now in Tampa. Some of them that might have been hanging on for their life. But you walk in the door and the whole atmosphere changes and everything turns around. Remember, you are his ambassadors. Amen. You are the hands and the feet and the mouthpiece of Jesus to a lost and dying world. So also, that's number two businesses. Then middle schools and high schools, number three, universities, number four. And then hospitals. You know, hospitals, somebody said, well, how do you get into hospitals? Well, it's very easy to get into a hospital. You can just go into an emergency room and hold your stomach. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, just go into an emergency room, hold your stomach and make noises. Everybody will think that you're there. And while you're there, just stop praying with people. <laughs> At the emergency room, they'll wonder why the emergency room is empty. Hello. Somebody said, Pastor, you haven't done that. I have done that. Just walk in emergency room, hold your stomach, and start to groan. No one will mess with you. They'll leave you by yourself, and then just start talking to people around about you. How many of you think that's a great idea? Yeah. Somebody said, where do you go? I, I went to emergency room. What happened? I ministered to five people. What happened? They left the emergency room. So hospitals are important, very important. That was one thing that was cut off from us during this stupid lockdown nonsense. Then retirement homes. How many already are involved in retirement homes and outreach? Wave your hand at me. Wave your hand at me. What, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 11, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So, okay, let me just say this. When we started this church 26 years ago was something that the Lord really put upon my heart because at that time we were traveling, we'd come back on a Saturday and then Sunday, we would I would take my wife and the three kids, we'd go out to a restaurant or whatever, go eat, and we would always get there before the Baptists get there, because Baptists end early, and then they clunk the restaurants. Are you with me? They just do. So we had to get to a restaurant before the Baptists got there, so we got the best seats. It's the truth. And so anyway, so my wife and myself are sitting in the restaurant, and I was watching all the seniors they were sitting at a table, and I could see them when it comes the time to pay the bill, how they were counting out which one was paying which, you know? And there were many times I walk and just put $20 down on the table and pay for their meal. And they said, why are you doing this? And then I tell them, because Jesus loves you, and you know, I get to pray with them. So, but I looked at that, and especially when you, when you look around the coastal areas, this state has become a place where people come to retire. They call it the sunshine state, but really for many people it's the sunset state. It is. They come here, two years later they're gone. And so God began to put a burden on my heart for the seniors, for senior citizens. 
that, that, that we would catch them, that Florida was a bus stop really to eternity. And that's what a retirement home is. It's a bus stop to eternity. And many people are going in there and two, three years later, they're gone, especially what, what just taken place with all this nonsense. And then they were separated, couldn't even see their families. So I have this burden on me even stronger now because I know what's been perpetrated in the retirement homes or assisted living homes, which both of these are important. That remember, this is somebody's family, somebody's parent, somebody's mother, somebody's aunt, somebody's uncle. And in actual fact, when you get inside, you actually be shocked at how many young people are actually in assisted living homes. Because people, the, the family members didn't know what to do with them. So they just stuck them in an assisted living home. You find a 28-year-old just stuck in there with a bunch of senior people, some people that have dementia, you know, and just left there to die. Family members just cut themselves off from them. You've heard me tell the story how we went to this assisted living home and I saw the sign that said Alzheimer's unit. And I thought, I'm going to go in there and just see if I can reach somebody. I didn't know what, what to expect. And I walked in there. I, I'm telling you, I wasn't ready for what happened. I walked in and a little lady looked at me and she, 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 she looked at me. She goes, Frank. And I looked at her, I was like, me? Frank, my son, you've come to see me. And she hugged me, she kissed me on the cheek. And I wanted to say, no, 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 I'm not Frank. I'm not Frank. And the Lord said to me, you are Frank today. This, you're Frank. You're Frank. And then I thought of the times when I said, let me be Frank with you. So I thought, okay, I can be Frank for this moment. She thought I was Frank. So I'm Frank. So I looked at her and said, Mom, I'm so happy to see you. I mean, she thought I was her son. And I said, I want to talk to you about something very important. And, and for that moment, she snapped out of dementia. She listened to me. I said, I want you to pray this with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus. She prayed the whole prayer and gave her life to Jesus. And then when I said, Amen. She started babbling, so I knew that she came as like she was in this dark hole, come right out, spoke to me normally, prayed with me, and then sank back in, and then I just gave her a hug and walked out, and I was like, in a, I was in a state of shock. I thought, man, I went in there, I became Frank, <laughs> and I prayed with her, and I'm going to see that lady in heaven. Because for that moment, I was her son. So remember, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. We cannot be so busy about what we are doing that we don't stop for that moment. It's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't even take that much time out of your busy schedule. It doesn't take that much time. Because you're about your father's business. I really believe we're going to see many miracles. I believe we're going to see miracles of people totally healed of dementia. People that had an early onset of it, that are young, really. When you see all the fallout of medicines, what it's doing to people right now. But God's going to use you. You are his hands and his feet and his mouthpiece.
You hear me tell you that every Sunday. Don't get distracted. And don't let the devil focus on you. But I tell you, I'm going through this battle right now. I tell you, I don't feel like ministering to anybody. I'll slap the next person that comes along. <laughs> Listen, what, what greater way than to attack the enemy by turning on him and going reaching people for Jesus? Just in your busy day. You're only looking for the one. I know there's a lot of ministers always looking for the crowd. She's looking for the one. Just the one person whose life's going to be changed. So, retirement homes, which I really want to see how we can crank that up to another level. Because if you remember... During that run, when we ran across America in 57 cities, we saw 1.1 million people saved in 27 months. A half a million were in retirement homes. Out of the 44 million, I can't tell you how many million are from retirement homes. But because somebody went there, somebody spoke, and plucked them right from the jaws of hell. And then what about our military? Now, that's something that really burdens me more than you can ever know. Our military is used as cannon fodder right now. We've got to reach our military. We have to pray that God would give you ways of reaching those. What about the people in prison? I know, who's involved in prison ministry here? Their hands going up? Okay, we have to increase that. We have to believe, but we've got to, have, we've got to have people that grab a hold of this and say, I feel that. Listen, it's not that you have to go do that every day, but once a month or twice a month and take somebody with you. Every person needs to be used of God. Do you know that that person coming out of prison, remember, I went to prison. Nobody came to pre pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> It's not funny. <laughs> I could have done with somebody coming in. To, just, I came in here just to pray with you. No, it's important. We've got to reach the lost. And then places, which I know this sounds crazy, but I need to throw this out. Places that are being productive, factories, manufacturing, any, any place that's producing, now, there's people back there. There's people behind all of these things. Some of them are covered in grease. Some of them are, you know, dirty or whatever. But we, we've got to pray, map out every area of our city, which is what we're busy doing right now. And we're going to do it even in a greater way. The day will come when I'll be able to pull that all up from here and be able to show you what's taking place. And basically, when you see what the Lord's about to do, God will give people favor where you walk into a factory and the owner calls all of his workers, says, come here. I want you to take one hour and talk to all my workers. You lead them all to Jesus, get them all saved, lay hands upon them. Every one of those workers have a family, have a wife, children, people that are struggling back home. I'm telling you folks, listen, the fields are white unto harvest. 
The fields are white unto harvest, and God is going to use this church to light a fire throughout the city of Tampa. Tampa is not going to go to hell. Tampa is not going to be lost. Do you know the, the word Tampa in the Indian dialect means fire sticks? Did you know that Tampa is the lightning capital of the world? Did you know that? Lightning hits here more than any other place on the face of the earth. When we bought this building, they said to me, we just got to warn you, this thing gets hit by lightning more than any other place on the I-4 corridor. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. And we've been here since 2002. And you know how many people have been struck by lightning here in this room? Many people have been struck by lightning. And they're traveling the world, and God's using them to strike other people with the lightnings of God. Can you say amen? There's a place for every person here to be used of God. How many want to be used of God? Just raise your hand and close your eyes. Let me pray over you right now. Father, I'm asking you to connect them to the exact place of what you want them to do. They're going to reach people I can't reach. They're going to go to places that we can't go. It's not about the multitudes. It's about the one. And Lord, even here in the next few weeks, as we launch this big assault onto the city of Tampa, not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, that every member here, every person here is going to find their assignment. It'll be unique. I pray that you would shock them in the way that you will use them in the days and weeks and months to come. And in the next three years, this city will tremble and quake under the mighty hand of God. Everywhere they go, the very presence of Jesus is going to be made manifest. Everywhere they go, you will use them in a powerful way to touch people's lives. This will not be a strain or a burden to them. This will be a way of life. Everywhere they go, they're going to tell people about Jesus. Everywhere they go, they're going to challenge them. Everywhere they go, they're going to carry your presence to a lost and dying world. Father, the world is so hungry. They're crying out. They're crying out. They don't want religion. They don't want tradition. They want you. And I pray that Jesus would be seen in the eyes of every person that has their hand raised up right now. That people will take one look at them and say, I don't know where you're from, but I feel something special. When you walked into the room today, I feel something. What is this about you? They might not even have the words in English to even or Spanish or whatever language that they're from, but Father, they would be embraced. They would feel heaven's embrace and that you would use every person here from the littlest child to the oldest saint. Even this very next week, let this be a mighty week of harvest of souls, of increase and blessing. Eternal differences will be made 
eternal differences will be made. I thank you for that now. In Jesus' name. I just thank him. Just lift your hands and thank him. Listen, what we did in Africa in 13 days, not everybody can do that. But let me tell you, what you're about to do here in the next couple of weeks, not everybody can do that. You say, why, Pastor? Because they're not aware of that. But the Holy Spirit is using me right now to make you aware of that. So you'll be going along with your daily business, and then suddenly you know that that 20-minute stop or that open by way of Speaking to somebody is a divine encounter in an individual's life that's going to turn them around from life, from death into life and transform their life in a suddenly because they encountered somebody full of the Holy Ghost. We, we, don't, have, we don't have the Apostle Paul here. We don't have 12 people that have gone to the school of Tyrannus. We've got thousands of people that are part of this church. And every single week, everywhere you go, it's going to reach saturation. It's going to reach saturation. The, the, the devil will just say, look, we, we're leaving. We have to go. We, we'll find a remote island and go stay there because river people are coming. And they, these people are relentless in their pursuit. Especially little old grannies, gray-haired grannies. The, the, the devil goes, they don't even stop for anything. They... they they don't even know they shouldn't even be going into those areas. And they just walk in there with their finger and just point their hand like this. And they come in there using that name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. Everywhere you go, you're going to see the captives set free. Everywhere you go. See, if we just make it about us going to do a crusade or an evangelist here or other evangelists going to get a big meeting, then every, all of us are just should be watching other people do this. But it's all of us yes, together Amen. doing the work of Jesus Amen. to see an area shaken by the hand of the Lord. Amen. And I haven't even started talking to you about the different nationalities that live here in the city. 30,000 Vietnamese. And then I can start going through every demographic, which we will. When I get this map going the way it should be, doing, there'll be people doing a Vietnamese crusade here in Tampa. You know, I believe there's, there's probably close to 25,000 Indians from India living here. I tell you. Russians, Chinese. And the list goes on. You don't even have to get a passport. You don't even have to get on a plane. You don't even have to go and suffer through jet lag. You're just right here in the city of Tampa. Be used of God.
Come on, Jesus is coming very soon. We have a limited time to get this thing done, but I believe by God's grace, we're going to see it happen. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Lift your hands and thank him one more time. Now, let me close with this. You know, Jesus talked about the 99, and he talked about leaving the 99 and going after the one. When you travel around America, everybody's so focused on the 99. Look at my 99. My 99 are better than your 99. But Jesus is the one that leaves the 99 to go after the one. I want you to think back of your own life. Many of you, when the Lord found you, he found you alone. Who would say when up the van, when the Lord found me, he found me alone. I was, I was totally by myself. So that means God was searching for you. The Lord is searching for people here this week in the city of Tampa. And this week is going to be a great week of harvest of souls, of people that are going to come into the kingdom of heaven. Now, can we make them all members of the river church? That's impossible. Not everybody's going to come here to the river, but we've got to get people part of the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Now, I'm believing that out of the people that are coming in, that there will be those that God brings into the house that become part of what's taking place Amen. here. So I'm praying. I said, Lord, give us a bunch of total heathen, total sinners, total reprobates. <laughs> Lord, just no, give us people that nobody even wants. And they, they're going to come here. They're going to get saved. They're going to get healed. They're going to get delivered. They're going to get set free. The power of the enemy is going to be broken. And then you're going to raise them up for your glory to go and shock a lost and dying world. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't let anybody tell you, we don't go to those people. They're too bad for the river church. There's nobody too bad for the river church. Now, there's some religious people that are too bad for the, for the river church. We can't do anything. You can't do anything with religion. Religion is like a bad case of constipation. Religion is like a bad case of circumcision gone wrong. But Jesus, Jesus, he's different. Can you say amen? You doing okay? Jesus, he's so awesome. When you fall in love with him, you just want to tell everybody about him. Amen. Praise God.
I want you to bow your heads across this room. Today, maybe you're coming to this place and you fit into any one of these categories. I'd love to pray with you and for you. You that are watching by way of television. Maybe you've never, ever given your life to Jesus. Maybe a friend brought you here today. You've never been in a place like this before. But today, the Lord is calling you. Will you surrender your life to him today? Will you say, Jesus, come and be my Lord and Savior? I want to know how much he loves you. You that are watching in your homes. What would happen if today was the last day on the earth, your last day? You went home, put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night. You breathed out your last breath. Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't have to go to the devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stain. Today, the power of sin will be broken off of you. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you'll leave another way. He calls you today and says, come, come. Come. Maybe you here today, you say, Pastor, I did give my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost my first love. I've lost that peace, that joy that I once had. There was a time when I was radically on fire for God, but that I lost that. But today I want to have it restored to me. Today I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Will you surrender to him? Will you say, Lord, come and do your work in me? Change me. I don't want to be the same. He said, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. Will you let him do that today? He loves you. He loves you so much. He says, come. Maybe something hidden that no one could see, but you know it's there. Pride unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. He says, come, I'll take it out of you. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's outward that everyone can see it. And that makes it even worse. You feel, well, what use does it make? They all know how bad I am. God is a God of a new beginning and a second chance. And he says, come. He calls you today. Will you let him do it today? Maybe it's not hidden or outward as we describe. Maybe it's a storm that came against your life. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. But today you say, I'm coming back. Today I'm coming back. And then lastly, maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I love the Lord with all my heart, but the devil's always been lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved. But today, I want to make sure, I want to know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. If you fit into that category, I want to pray with you and for you. Remember this. When, when Jesus looks at people's hearts, he looks at your temperature. There's either one of three, hot, lukewarm, or cold. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, he said, I would that you were not lukewarm. You were either hot or cold. Make a decision today. This is not the hour to be lukewarm. This is the hour to be radically on fire for God. Will you surrender to him and say, yes, Lord. If you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Right where you are, 
even in your homes, you put your hand up right now, just go ahead, put the hand up in the air and say, pray for me. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Up at the balcony, God bless you, God bless you. On the main floor, slip it up high and say, yes, yes. Today is my day of freedom and liberty and I'm never gonna be the same again. Hands are going up right across the room. I want you to put your hands down, please. If you look at me, please, and you in the, in, the, in the north balcony, if you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer, we're going to pray. Quickly, slip the hand up and say, include me. Anybody else on the main floor? Thank you. Anybody else? This section over here in the west balcony, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, put your hand up right now, say, include me. Anybody else? I see your hand at the back. Another hand there, thank you. And then this section over here in the south balcony, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, slip your hand up right now and say, include me. I see your hand, sir. Anybody else? Thank you. I want every person that raised your hand to stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet all across the room. Stand to your feet. I want you to come from where you are and come stand right here. We're going to pray a prayer. Come. Bring your personal belongings and come, please. The Lord's calling you now. He's calling you now. I have decided I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world. Turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Wonderful Jesus.
Wonderful Lord Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. You know, this is a holy moment. We get to do this around the world. One of the big shockers for me was Sunday night. We'll wait for you. Come, come. Come, bring him. What well, was Sunday night in Johannesburg? As I just shook people's hands, like from quarter past nine to after midnight, and people came to me and said, You taught me in Bible school, 1985, 1986. You led me to the Lord. And then they told me what the Lord's done with them. So I know this is a holy moment. I know what's about to happen with you. And we're going to pray a simple prayer. One prayer fits all. I want you to close your eyes. Raise your right hand to heaven. You at home, do that right now. And pray together with us right now. Just pray this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me, change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world, and I turn my back on sin, and I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation. I pray this now. Special assignments for each and every one of them, that you're going to use them to reach people that we can't reach, and their life will count for eternity. And I pray this now. I break every distraction. I break every attack of the enemy. I break every spirit of witchcraft. I break every assignment of hell against your life. I break it off of you from this moment. And I set you free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.
This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.